Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello there, dearest friends. Watch Culture's Adam Clear here. And traditionally, the words Star Trek and mysteries are not ones you see put next to each other very often. Having done like 95% of all of its law building in an era before Easter eggs and before fan forums and all of that, the show's writers tended to just wrap up all its narrative threads rather than leave them dangling. Almost all mysteries that were on the show tended to be self-contained within a singular episode. Yes, sometimes they would leave us a big cliff-hanging finale like Best of Both Worlds, Redemption, Scorpion, Chain of Command. These were the show's traditional mysteries, but only for a couple of months. But when you actually go back and you look over the entire history of Star Trek, there are a few questions that remain tantalizingly unanswered. Now, some are because the story being told didn't require them to be, but others are there because they were simply too good not to revisit at a later start. date. So, with that in mind, my name is Adam Cleary, and these are the 10 biggest unanswered mysteries in Star Trek. Number 10, what happened to Ro Lauren? Yeah, it's not very often that Star Trek seems to just forget about a character, but fans of Ensign Ro Lauren could be forgiven for assuming the producer's just memory holder after season seven of The Next Generation. After joining the Enterprise's crew and seemingly upsetting every single person on it, she finally completes a harrowing redemption arc about her family and her history and the war with the Cardassians, and then she just jacks it all in and goes to join the Marquis. Then, with Deep Space Nine on the horizon and the whole story about that focusing on the Bajoran Cardassian strife and the Federation trying to wade in between it, she seemed absolutely absolutely tailor-made to make a comeback appearance and just never did. Like, even Voyager's first few episodes focused heavily on the Federation marquee relationship and she was just nowhere to be seen. Now, I can sort of clear this one up for you because from a real-life standpoint, actress Michelle Forbes simply didn't want to return to the show. Producers tried really hard to get her back in. They wrote an amazing part for her in Deep Space Nine, which when she turned down actually became Kira Norris. Yes, really, but from a narrative standpoint, she'd still be out there. Now, given her feelings towards the Cardassians and the Federation's complicated relationship with Marquis defectors, and of course the entire Dominion war thing, her movements over the last few years would be fascinating, wouldn't they? Number nine, Wesley and the Traveler. Ah yes, young Wesley Crusher was the quintessential Starfleet officer in the making for the entire run of The Next Generation until just one episode he wasn't. Introduced as both bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and desperate to follow in the Federation footsteps of both his mother and his late father, Wesley was giving acting ensign duties upon the Enterprise and looked all set to go to Starfleet Academy and come back a fully-fledged member of the fleet. 
Things, of course, didn't go according to plan from there, and disillusioned with life in Starfleet, he began looking for some sort of a way out. And then, lo and behold, that opportunity arrived in the form of the Traveler, a mysterious being who explores both time and space. After taking a liking to young Crusher, and no, not like that, he offered to help him explore the universe in ways the Federation could only dream of, and they both promptly left the ship and the show in the process. But then, some nine years later, Wesley was spotted at Riker and Troy's wedding wearing a Starfleet uniform. So the question is, what happened in those nine years? Why did he end his explorations with the Traveller? Why did he rejoin Starfleet? What was it precisely about exploring both inner and outer space that wasn't quite fulfilling enough for him? Number eight, the Pegasus Project. Ah yes, everybody loves a good conspiracy theory, and the Next Generation episode Pegasus presented us with one of the show's best. Commander Riker's former ship, the USS Pegasus, was conducting highly secretive, highly illegal tests on a phasing cloaking device when things went quite spectacularly, horribly, disastrously, brutally wrong. Basically, the decloaked in some solid rock, which you don't want to do. Now, given that such a device was strictly prohibited by the Federation Romulan Peace Treaty, it makes sense that, yes, this would be done in secret and the men responsible charged when the reports were made. But we've since heard absolutely nothing about any of that, which does leave loads of questions unanswered. Like, we know this was greenlit in secret. We know it was given to Captain Pressman to test. But what happened to the men responsible? What happened to the Federation Romulan relations as a result? What happened to the technology itself is something we've never, ever been told. Like, the Enterprise proved this thing works. They managed to escape the asteroid by using it, so surely there are implications for that in the future, especially given that relations with the Romulans are, at best, up and down. Number seven, the warp speed limit. In the Next Generation episode, Force of Nature, the Federation are told the prolonged use of warp travel is beginning to tear the very fabric of space apart and that the damage may very soon be irreversible. Now, obviously presented with such a trifling matter, the Federation Council makes the following statement. Until we can find a way to counteract the warp field effect, the Council feels our best course is to slow the damage as much as possible. Therefore, areas of space found susceptible to warp fields will be restricted to essential travel only and effective immediately. All Federation vessels will be limited to a speed of warp 5, except in cases of extreme emergency. Wow, gee gosh darn boy oh howdy. That sounds important. And yet, from that episode onwards, we see almost countless examples of Federation vessels just doing whatever warp speeds they feel like. It happens in the next generation, happens in Deep Space Nine, and by Voyager, it appears to have been completely forgotten about. Now, yes, when I did the article version of this, some people in the comments were like, yeah, but, but hang on a second, they did kind of solve this, because Voyager's folding warp nacelles are designed to counteract that problem, but okay, fair enough, that's an intrepid-class starship. What about the thousands of others that we've seen? Number six, Vija. For a while, it was sort of taken as read that the origins of the mysterious Vija were directly linked to those of the Borg. Like when the probe fell into the black hole and emerged to find a race of machine people who made it one of their own and sent it back to its creator, everyone was like, ah yes, that sounds like an early form of the collective. However, that has since been disproved and whispered this bit, because the Borg aren't technically a race of machine people. They're cyborgs, the clues, the clue is in the name, and that leaves loads of Vija's origin questions still unanswered. Who was this mysterious race of machine people that the Voyager probe came across, and how were they able to reprogram it to learn all that is learnable? If there are a species of entirely artificial life forms somewhere out there, and Starfleet knows about them, would it not follow that they would move heaven and earth to try and locate them. And I mean that, coupled with the idea that they think they may have given birth to a new life form when it merged with Decker, surely there could have been entire seasons of television dedicated to exploring the questions that were raised in this film, rather than simply, oh, I don't know, forgetting about them. 
Number five, the whale probe. All right, I'll keep this one relatively brief. In Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, a giant cylindrical probe dwarfing starbases, starships, and everything else arrives at Earth, starts to ionize the oceans, attempting to contact the humpback whale species. Then when it gets a call back, it just leaves. The hell. The thing was from an unknown location when it departed and headed to an unknown destination. It was unknown in origin, unknown in species, unknown in intent. It just wanted to talk to some whales, and then when it did, it left. Now, why the hell do we not know more about this? Like, this thing fascinated me as a kid. Like, the questions it raises. Like, a whale's part of some other spacefaring civilization. We just didn't realize it. Is it ever coming back? Did it mean to damage Earth while it was doing it? Who the hell made it in the first place? What kind of a species would design a spacefaring vessel in such a simple way? Hmm. Number four, the Nexus. Now, the Nexus, or at least the entry point to it, is a very destructive temporal energy wave that passes through our galaxy every 39.1 years. Now, in 2332, the Enterprise B was nearly crippled, attempting to save two refugee ships from its clutches. In 2371, both Kirk and Picard emerged from it to save the 230 million strong population of Viridian III from being wiped out by it. And in 2410, it will return again. And that is just a little over 10 years from when Picard is set. Now, given the potential implications of actually using that thing, you could, oh, I don't know, for example, use it to jump to literally any point in time or space and affect the entire course of history, someone's gonna have to deal with that if any Star Trek series ever makes it round 10 more years. What is its true power? Where does it come from? And who might be plotting to use it for nefarious purposes? Loads of stuff. Number three, the aliens from Schisms. Yes, easily one of Star Trek's most underrated episodes of all time. The Next Generation crew is abducted in the night by mysterious alien creatures who perform a series of grisly and horrifying experiments leading to the death of Lieutenant Hagler. Now, yes, while Commander Riker, hero that he is, is able to escape this pocket universe and close the rift behind him, which was enabling the abductions in the first place, we don't actually learn anything about the creatures or their motives or anything like that. Instead, they just release a singular energy pulse that flies out of the ship and off into space, and we never hear hear about it again. Just gonna quickly act out what they say. Have we any idea what came through the rupture before we were able to shut it down? No, sir. We were unable to track it once it left the cargo bay. Maybe it was a probe of some kind. Possibly they were simply curious. Explorers like ourselves. Ensign Rager and I were lucky to escape with our lives. Lieutenant Hagler is dead. Whoever it was sent that thing was more than simply curious. Neither the next generation, nor DS9, nor Voyager ever went back to the well on this one, meaning the origins of these strange and mysterious amphibian-looking creatures remains unexplored. Number two, the origin of the Borg. Okay, so straight up here, no matter what future Star Trek shows we get, no matter who gets to write them, one rule they should stick by forever is this. Never ever explain the Borg. The franchise's most terrifying, if not quite most iconic enemy has remained so precisely because we don't understand their origins. There is a mystery to the fear. First introduced in the next generation as a way for Q to prove that humanity was not ready for the challenges that lay ahead. They've since become one of the most important founding parts of Star Trek lore. A singular collective consciousness that is galaxy spanning, has trillions upon trillions of members, but still speaks with a single voice and works towards a single purpose. But that's pretty much all we know about them though, like non-canon origin stories and that whole Vija rumor to one side. The writers of the show have seen fit to never actually answer any questions about where they came from, and thus the mysteries remain, and so they should forever, in my opinion. Number one, Guinan and Q. Arguably the two most mysterious characters to ever appear on The Next Generation, Guinan and Q apparently have a history all their own, 
hundreds of years before they met again on the Enterprise. The former, serving now as the ship's bartender, was an Alurian refugee who was rescued from the destruction of the Nexus by the open arms of the Federation following the Borg destruction of her homeworld. The latter is a being of near complete omnipotence who just likes winding Picard up. However, in season two of The Next Generation, a chance encounter between the two sees these hostilities renewed with both adopting incredibly defensive stances like two snarling cats. And Q in particular offered a very, very curious phrase. Picard, if you had half the sense you pretend to have, you would get her off your ship immediately. And if you like, I'd be more than pleased to expedite her departure. This creature is not what she appears to be. She's an imp and where she goes, trouble always follows. Hmm. Now, given the respective powers of both these creatures, an exploration of what led to this mutual animosity would be fascinating for long-term fans. And on a personal note, I would just like to know what it is that Guinan can do that means even a creature of Q's power has to tread lightly around her. That fascinates me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.